Have you desired a generation of true Christians? Do your heart hunger for the Word of God and rise in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you eager to join the Revival Army of God for Kingdom Advancement? Welcome to Agents of Change Podcast, where we work as one and together advance the kingdom. We channel only with God's power flowing through us every day and every hour. Stay tuned. Like they have in other places where the land is below sea level and there are no floods. That's vision for the land. But we have very tiny visions. It's just vision of God prosper me in the land. Lord prosper me in the land. That's not going to take anybody anywhere. Hallelujah. And if you scale it down to the level of your organization, it's the same thing. Many of us don't have a big enough vision for the organization. We just have, Lord, let them not sack me. Lord, let them promote me. A person may stay in the civil service for 35 years and his entire goal is promotion. I want to, I want to become director of this place. Let me reach the peak of my career. If that institution achieves its purpose or it doesn't, it's of no meaning to that person. The vision is tiny. It's about him. There's no vision on a bigger level. So, if the vision is tiny, it's about you, there's no point recruiting anybody into it. It's just, it's just me. So, we need for, like, Abacoc to go and sit down with God and begin to catch bigger visions. Because you can't grow something that is designed around you alone. There's, there's very limited scope for growth if it is designed about your own prosperity. But you see, if you are trying to change a community, you are trying to change a country, you are trying to change the world, then there's room for growth. There's room for expansion. There's need for other people. Hallelujah. And once there's clarity about vision, one thing happens. Perspective changes. Once your vision is clear, your perspective will change. Temporary reality no longer bothers you so much. That's why when you go to chapter 3 of the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk has become a changed man. Then you hear him saying something like, even if the fig tree does not blossom, why? Is it not the type of things he was complaining in chapter 1? So he's now saying, look, even if my personal circumstances don't change, the fig tree does not produce anything. There's nothing in the storehouse. Why? The vision has expanded beyond him. It has gone beyond his personal circumstances now. He's now thinking about bigger things. Okay? So, this is the seed that helps us to think on a larger scale. 
your life is too small for God to be worrying about changing. <sighs> See, what was the wildest thing that you desired? It doesn't take heaven any minutes for that to come to pass. Heaven is thinking about bigger things. Okay? And it's in situating ourselves into the big visions of heaven that the tiny, tiny desires we have are satisfied. It says, those who walk at the altar, what happens to them? They will be the first partaker. Those who serve the purpose of God, they will be the first partaker of the fruits coming to life. It's a principle that he has set in place that you don't muzzle the ox that treaded out the corn. If somebody has put himself to the work of God, they don't block his own opportunity to get his own desires. You don't muzzle the ox. God doesn't do that. Hallelujah. So, it is as we launch ourselves into the bigger visions of God that our tiny desires are taken care of. Is it life partner we're looking for? Just launch yourself into the bigger visions of God. Those things will resolve themselves naturally. Is it money? They will resolve themselves naturally. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Fundamental truths about vision. Number one, visions are caught. Alex was giving us the example of a letter earlier on that were all letters. Letters don't write themselves. Letters also don't choose the addressee. Do you know that? A letter will just wake up now and say... I'm writing myself to uh, Brother Shitu. <laughs> so, letters tells you that there is a writer. If a letter exists, a writer must exist. Now, the writer has an intention. That he's trying to communicate to someone. That's why I wrote that letter. So, the vision is caught. It is not, you can't design a vision for your own life. You may, but that doesn't necessarily make it the vision of God. Hallelujah. So, we have to catch it in the place of prayer. That's what we see Abacob doing. He said, I'm going to go and sit down and then I'll hear what God has to say to me. We have to continually be open to what God is saying to us. The impressions is laying on our hearts. Okay? The things we must do for him. Visions are usually originally given as headlines. They're usually given as headlines. It's in obeying it that the details are unlocked. And for me and as well as for you, many times we want the details before we make the first move. Is that not so? And I can't blame you. You know, sometimes it's confusing the way we have been oriented to walk in the sort of radical obedience that God sometimes demands. Think about the man Abraham. 
Abraham, God said to him, Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. And the Bible says, and Abraham did what? Went. <laughs> you say, I should go to the land that you will show me. Try and bring it into our context. The question that I'll ask you so which ticket will I buy? Because if I'm going somewhere, I must buy a ticket now to where I'm going. Which ticket will I buy? So, to put it in our context, it looks as if, as God spoke to Abraham, Abraham began to go to where they are selling tickets, not knowing, first of all, which one he will buy. So, it's maybe as he gets to the counter that he will now say, hey, they will not say, where are you going? Maybe that's when the instruction will now come to where he's going. Now, thank God for Abraham, but thank God even more for Sarah. Because if I go home now and I tell my wife, we're packing. God say we should go to another place. She said, where? I said, go and pray more. <laughs> no, if you are somebody's wife and he comes home and he say, God say we should go. I say, and go where now? I'm not saying I'm not going. Though. I'm just saying where did God say we should go? I say, I've not confirmed yet. <laughs> eh? So, we should thank God for Sarah too. That she was willing to go with him. Willing to go with him. And for sisters, you know, you're going to marry those who are married. I pray that God will make your husband a man of God. I'm not saying pastor. That's not what I'm saying. Man of God doesn't mean is a general overseer somewhere. I'm just saying a man that reckons with God mm-hmm. and that God reckons with. Because you will be required to follow instructions that are not clear. Like Sarah. I pray that God will help us. Visions are not about what you want to do. You know, sometimes we have our own preferences. They're about what God is doing. Jonah, for instance, remember Jonah the prophet? He didn't have a vision for Nineveh. But that's where God was at work. There are popular places, you know, to do the work. But sometimes it is not where God is at work. I have uh, a friend who's a pastor in one small town in the southwest, Erua. Say, very smart person. You expect somebody like that to be in Abuja doing ministry. <laughs> or he's in one small town somewhere in the southwest. It's a law graduate. You know, but that's where God has called him to. Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. He said, were you expecting to see somebody who... Say, those kind of people, they are in palaces. Eh? So there, there is a natural tendency to go to places that are convenient. You say, John, <laughs> don't expect that you will see somebody who, whose natural tendency is to go to a place of convenience. That's not what you are going to find if you go to look for John. 
Hallelujah. So visions are not about what we want. It's about what God is doing. Visions cannot be accomplished without focus. And, you know, this is the prayer for my own life and for your life also. Because I, I realize that a lot is wasted when there's no focus. A lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of effort is wasted when there's no focus. Let's read Hebrews chapter, I mean John chapter 4, verse 34. The Lord there saying it in, you know, if you work in an organization, they have, you get consultants, maybe McKinsey, Deloitte, you get them, they'll come and do strategy sessions with you to decide what your mission and vision statement is or purpose statements. And organizations take those statements very seriously. Now, in John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus didn't get any consultants. He simply said to them, My meat is what? My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. It cannot get clearer than that. It's clear, straight to the point, it's focused. And so, I find that our lives must have focus. Focus is not only a theological idea or a philosophical concept. Even in thermodynamics, focus is super important. If a knife is going to be effective, what must happen? You must sharpen it. That's focus. It must be a point. If you have a big ship, why is the mouth like that? Because if you are going to pass through things, there must be focus. If not, you are going to be taking on a lot of resistance. Your progress will be slowed down with a lack of focus. If your front is wide like that, you are taking on so many things at once. That's why you see that Cars, aeroplanes, everything is tapered to a point. Because everything must be given focus if it's going to pass through effectively. The lack of focus may give a sense of activity. But activity that doesn't produce much. One of the challenges that I find with a lot of young people it's a lack of focus. Don't do so many things all at once. And very early in life. You say, no, you, can, you can't make a lot of progress like that. You have to narrow your life to the one thing that is important. There must be the overarching purpose to which you're pursuing. Pursue many things at once. Your body say the person that chases two rabbits, you end up catching none. 
Yes, now. We think the rabbits are going to be going in one direction. One will follow like this, and one will follow the other way. Then you'll be stuck in the middle trying to make up your mind. Before you make up your mind, that that's why I'm going to chase them. They're all gone. So a person that tries to chase two rabbits at the same time ends up with none. Ends up with none. So focus is important. You must ask yourself as you leave this class, what are the things that I'm currently doing that really are not part of God's assignment for my life? I just finished reading a book this morning, Essentialism. The discipline of doing less. Hmm? Doing less is always better. Do the important things. In Acts, the apostles say, ah, this sharing of food is important too. But we cannot leave the ministry of the word and prayer and then distract ourselves by sharing food. Were they suggesting that sharing food is not important? No. Because when they were going to pick the people who will do it, did they use a different set of criteria from the one that they qualified with? What did they say they should look for? Look for men who are full of what? So it's a matter of assignment and focus, not a matter of importance. That work, let somebody else do it who can focus on it. Us, let us focus on this other one. So, my dear brothers and sisters, it's important to have focus in life. If you want to make progress, if you want to be able to grow the vision, if you are pursuing two, three visions that are not the same thing, at once, you can't grow any of them. You can't grow any of them. They will suffer. The visions will suffer. Nobody will even know what you are about as to even be able to join your vision. They don't know where you are heading. How will they follow you? Praise the Lord. What are the steps to catching and growing a vision? We'll go through them quickly. Number one, pray. We've talked about that extensively. Pray, 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 pray. Ask God continually. Be open to what directions He will lead. Number two, you need to articulate it. I'm not talking about article. Don't mind that. <laughs> eh? Don't mind all those clouds. I'm talking about writing it clearly. So that you know, first of all, you yourself understand it, and then anyone who is coming to join that vision also understands it. There's a need for clarity if you're going to be able to mobilize people. Then, number three is to mobilize, plan. Jesus Christ said, if you, if you want to build a tower, what's the first thing you're going to do? You sit down, first of all, and plan. What's going to be required? What do I need? Who are the people that will support this vision? What are the kinds of people that I need to be able to establish? There's a planning component to every vision. There's a planning component to it. And the planning is not done only once. As you go forward, you 
bring out your plans again. How are we doing on these plans? You review them and all of that. And then you execute. One of the biggest problems with visions in a country like our own is that we have the best plans. Vision this. Vision that. Vision the other one. Seeds, needs, leads, all kinds of acronyms. We have them. Does it translate into results? No. So, the failure is in execution. It's in execution that we often fail. And this is why it's important for us to learn execution as a skill. Learn the principles of how to execute effectively. One of the principles of executing effectively is focus. They came and met uh, Nehemiah when he was trying to execute on the wall. They said to him, Nehemiah, come, let's have a meeting. He said, me, I'm doing an important work. I can't leave the wall and come and be having a meeting with you. Focus. When, once you determine your focus, it's very easy to eliminate anything that is not in alignment with that focus. If, for instance, now, I say to you, I'm going to area one. I've defined the focus, right? If you tell me, ah, let's quickly reach airport now, I'll say no. I'm going to where? Area one is not on the road to airport. Airport is out of my way. Ah, maybe I'm a nice person and I'm going and I'll see somebody. I say, ah, it's about to rain. Let me give this person a lift. Say, ah, where are you going? Say, I'm going to Guagua. Oh, sorry, I'm not going your way. I'm going to Area 1. You know, I will not abandon Area 1 and start going to Guagua. You know, right? That's what focus does. Focus helps you to eliminate all the things that are not supposed to be part of your life. But if you haven't defined the focus, it's easy. Let's, I'm just going. <laughs> when we get to where we are going, we will see it. And then somebody can say, ah, let's go to Lokoja now. And I say, Lokoja, that name sounds wonderful. Do I have enough fuel? I have enough fuel. Let's go. If you haven't defined where you are going, anywhere will look like the destination. Anywhere. Okay, that's one of the problems of execution, the lack of focus. And then lastly, you need to stay on track. You need to avoid distractions. Hmm? You need to avoid distractions. What are those distractions? The next slide. One, sin. Sin will crash any vision. No matter how wonderful it is, what God has laid in your heart to do, if you don't stay away from sin, it will crash. If it doesn't crash in your lifetime, once you leave, it will crash. We have great men of God, one very recently, who passed away, and then revelations are coming out how you know, he was living in sexual sin. And people are distancing themselves from the work. He did a great work. 
well, in our own eyes. Only God will determine at the end of the day. But he made impact. But once the revelation started coming out, even people who during his lifetime, you know, were followers of his work, will now stay <laughs> at a distance. Because you don't want to be associated with that legacy. So, please stay away from sin if you want to do anything for God. And you want God to do anything with your life. Stay away from sin. Avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. There are many things that distract people from the focus of their life, from the vision of their life. I'll give you the example of Nehemiah. He told him, let's come and be having meetings. Say, I don't have time for those kind of meetings. That's not what I came here to do. I have something I'm trying to do. In the time we live in, there are many distractions. On one hand, social media. On another hand, too many activities, even sometimes in church. Too many activities that don't build up. All things are lawful, not all things edify. You have to ask yourself, this activity, what has it added to me? And that's why Alex was asking you all these months you have been coming. Because you have to sit down and say, if this thing is not adding anything to me, why am I coming? Why not be sleeping on your bed this wonderful Saturday morning? See my sister, heavy and everything. Why not be resting? In other words, you have to see. Time is the only non-renewable resource. Once you use it, it's gone forever. Mighty name we pray. Thank God for his word to our lives. Have you been blessed by today's message? Then watch out for more episodes to come your way for his words on you every morning. To know more about us, visit our website on www.worldagentofchange.org and stay connected.